Amen. Good to see a little young lady in church here. Yeah, I love to see the kids. I love to hear the kids. And so, uh, what a blessing. The church is made up, ought to be made up of all ages, all different backgrounds, and we come together as one in the Lord. So, blessings on you. We are privileged to know that God has a plan. Yes? He's not caught off guard by what's going on in the world today, and that's not our focus today, but Paul was, uh, we wouldn't finish up in Romans, finished up in Romans last Wednesday, we, uh, Vern was talking a little bit about Paul's adventuring, getting to Rome, and getting to where he desired and uh, speak there. That was on his heart. Of course, he had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hindrances, a lot of things that were happening. You know, you know that when we oftentimes are in the will of God, sometimes, many times, we are facing opposition. He's God. Uh, Satan doesn't want you to go with God's plan. He wants you to become discouraged and lay it Lay it aside and forget about it. Well, Paul is, uh, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1. Paul is writing these words from the prison cell, as so much uh, of the New Testament is, a partial, par- good portion of it, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all were written uh, from, the, from the prison cell. I, I would like to say this, how would I respond if I was in prison? <laughs> I wonder what I would have been like, you know, back in the day. Or even now, if we met if our brothers and sisters are suffering across our world and being very severely persecuted for the name of Christ. And so we have, to be, we have to realize that what is it that's going to keep us going? What is it, that, what is it that absolutely no impure motives in Paul's heart because there was nothing that he, he, he was basically... He realized there was nothing else more important in the life that he would be able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And so at any cost, whatever it took, that's, that was his heart, that was motivation. At the same time, he had the church, the churches that he had started or helped encourage them along, he had them on his heart, so that's why he wrote back to these churches to encourage how many like to get a letter now and then. That's, a long, that's an old-fashioned thing now, isn't it? They get a little letter, a note in the mail, uh, something that you can read. Wow, they took the time to write this. Wow, this is, this is wonderful. Now that's sort of Paul, that was Paul's way of communicating to the church of Jesus Christ. Let me say this. I believe that the church is needing prayer in, in our day. The church needs prayer to be able to stand and be the church we ought to be, to be the people of God that we have called by God to be. And so... Paul is writing back to the church of Colossae, Colossians. And so to the saints, verse 2, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, very common. He, he starts out, he addresses his audience by saying who he is. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. And it's an interesting statement because it was the will of God that Paul became an apostle of Christ. Paul wasn't always a nice person. 
Paul wasn't always in the right relationship with God. But how many know that Jesus can turn things around? Jesus can change people's lives. Jesus can fix people's problems of their inner man. Jesus can help in so many ways. Jesus can transform. And that's exactly what needs to happen across our communities today. We need a revival of, of that which God himself is able to do, but it takes the humbling. It keeps people that want it. It keeps people that are, are desiring for it. And see, that's the only hope for our nation. And so Paul writes to encourage the saints, verse 2, the faithful brethren in Christ who are Colossae, grace to you, peace from God our Father. Let me say this. God notices the, your, the people's faithfulness. God notices those who walk with him. God notices when you're faithful to give. God notices when you're faithful to sit with him and listen to him. Your mind is upon him. And Paul writes with thanksgiving, verse 3, we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. What a wonderful, to know that the apostle Paul was praying for you. That's an uplift. I believe that's something we can do for one another. Pray for one another. Pray when you hear about something of a need. Mention their names. And Paul doesn't go on necessarily with long, lengthy prayers. In one place, he says, I mention your name. And she did a mere mentioning of your name is still enough that God hears those prayers and he knows exactly what the problem is and what the need is. So you become you become partners with God. Jesus is interceding for the saints right now. That the book of Romans describes, he, and the Hebrew describes, he ever lives to intercede for us. I'm so thankful. Well, if Jesus is interceding for you and I, then there's hope. Then there's the chance that the enemy's plans are going to be thwarted. Of course, that's what we want. Did you know that the Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? Let's get a hold of this. Let's take, the op Let's take the opposition. Let's go for it. Jesus said, I will build my church. He's going to build his church across our world. And he is doing it. I want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of it. You are a part of it when you accept Christ in your life. So Paul is describing his heart. He's expressing his his heart toward his, his friends, his fellow believers, because in verse 4, he since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, I want you to just realize something that's sometimes I think we're, we overlook a little bit sometimes. Did you know that the Bible talks about ministering to one another, ministering to the believers? In Galatians, there's a verse that talks about, so that while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well, if you stop and realize that for just a moment, who is Satan targeting? Who is he out to get and discourage, especially those who are of the faith? And so we need to zone in or zoom in. And lift up the names of people that you know Maybe going through some, facing some challenges, facing some difficulties, that their faith will remain strong. And that's exactly what Jesus did when 
uh, Peter was approached. Jesus said to him, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. But he says, don't worry, Peter. I have prayed for you. It's almost like it's not going to happen. He may sift you like wheat. You will, uh, he will, you will be tested, but you will come out on the other side strong. Glory be to Jesus. We will be tested. I believe that we're going to be tested in these last days. That we will, well, there will be no middle ground. That we are with him or not. And it's, it's, it's this calling, it's this, it's this calling that the Lord is saying, be near to me. He's calling us to keep our heart pure, keep our heart toward him, keep our heart on the things. Later in Colossians, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. The goal of the church ought to be to love God, number one, worship God, but secondly, edify the body, build up each other, encourage each other. You know what happens as a result? Now you're more effective. Now you're more, you're more ready for the workplace. You're more ready to take on the challenges of the world or the community events or community concerns that are on your heart because you are not on it by yourself. You were never meant to walk alone with one another, with God. So walking with God is, is number one. Walking with God, in verse 10, I'm skipping a bit. He says, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Did you know that in the book of, the, a book of Acts, that the, the apostles, the, the disciples that were following Jesus were beaten? And they were, they were persecuted. They were uh, oftentimes in danger. And they, they come back and said, you know, we were considered worthy. We were, they were blessed because they thought we were considered worthy to be persecuted. What a mindset. Because they walked in a manner worthy. Our walk with God is number one priority. Galatians Describe this situation where Paul was addressing the folks there for a. It was he was a bit concerned because there were some men, some people who had crept into the church and they had begun to teach in a different way. They had begun to teach in something that was wasn't right, wasn't exactly what God was intending. And these men crept in. And Galatians 1:10, uh, he says this: For I am now, for am I? He asked the question: For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If it were still, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. So let, well, let's just think about that for a moment. In other words, if we just all of a sudden decide we're going to just, we're just, we don't want to upset anyone with the gospel. The Lord will help us to know when to speak and not to speak, but there's some, there's some ways, no way of getting around where some things that God is for is going to upset people because it's going to challenge them to change. But let me encourage you. You're going to have people that are going to not like you because you love Jesus. But don't let that discourage you. 
That's a test of who you are. And your, your security is not how many people like you. Your security is in God, who you have been made righteous. And the Lord can help us know when to speak and not to speak. And Paul was trying to say to the Galatians, it says, you guys need to stand up for what is truth. You need to stand against the opposition. You need to believe God and go forth towards the things that please him and not the things that please people. The church needs help. The church overall is struggling with this very issue. We, want, we, want, we don't want to you know, we don't want to say too much for fear of turning some people off. Lord, help us. That's all I'm going to say. Lord, help us. God loves sinners. Bottom line, God loves all people. God is trying to get through to them. And so we, we have to stand and be the salt and the light that he's called us to be. Thank God. And he gives us an anointing. Thank God that he can give us a voice. So, for example, I'm with a person on the job this week. And I noticed that he had said something the day before that he had stopped drinking. And I heard that. And I, I, I wanted to have an opportunity to kind of ask him a little more about that. And so, this is, a, this is, an, old, this is an older man than me and by a few years, but... We, went, we graduated from the same high school, so there's a little bit of connection there. And so I said, well, let me, I was really ready to leave. I said, I was, I was interested. If you could just, ex- how did you stop? How did, how did that happen? Well, he said he got a DWI, and then he, he just realized it was the stupidest thing to do. He just says, I never, I never drank anybody for a year. And then after that, he just did, began to avoid people that he used to drink with. And that made them mad. He said it himself, well, maybe they're not really my friends. They won't associate with me. You know what? I just listened, and then I began to feel like the Lord was, I didn't say, the, I didn't say uh, you know, quote, quote the scriptures. I didn't say, well, in Galatians it says this. I just said, well, you know what? Just, the truth is that what we sow is what we reap. I was just to plant a little truth. You know, I think he was listening. And then we got to, well, you know what? Uh, I felt like I should say this. We're not going to get in by how good we are, but by his grace. And that he wants us to believe. He wants us to accept him. And I kind of left him with that. I think he was thinking on that. And I think he was, there was, there was a, I felt like the ground was receiving. And so the Lord can help us. There are times when we, we know that we can only say so much, and, then, and that's it, and leave it, and pray about it, and pray for the opportunity. But what I'm saying is that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, cares about people that are in the farthest parts of the world, and the farthest people in the back roads of America, or other places of the world, North America, South America, on over to Asia, all the way around the world. God knows every heart. He's looking for those who say, yes, I believe that person can be saved by simply saying, I need you, Jesus, at their last breath, they can be saved. But I don't encourage people to wait that long. Why should we waste our life? 
wait that long. Let's, let's be fruitful now. Let's continue to bear fruit. Let's be witnesses. Let's walk in a manner worthy of his call. Can people see the difference in you? And they ought to. And they will. Because they see how you respond. They hear what comes out of your mouth. That's a big one, isn't it? They see your attitude. Wow. Can I draw from a story that my brother Omar talked about several months ago? He brought up the, uh, uh, my dad and, and, and another man worked at a feed store. And uh, the guys that worked there noticed they never cussed. Especially one individual that later in his life, I think he came to the Lord, but they did notice they never cussed. Huge, huge light. You don't always have to be saying it, but you may have opportunity and you will have opportunity. But I would encourage you to this, be yourself. Be secure in the Lord. You don't have to please men. Your goal is not to think, well, what are others going to think about me? What does God think? That's who we're going to answer to. So we, you know what? It's okay. Not everyone's going to think, or are they going to think, yeah, that religious, oh, you know, they put a title on you. You know what's really fun for me? They'll come up and say, I heard you're a preacher. I laugh, I, I chuckle because does that, you know, I don't ask this question, but I think it, does that bother you? I don't, I don't say that, I may think it. But you know, I say, what, you know what? It, it's okay, I believe that everyone you know, is, is a believer. We're called to be believe. We're called to be a Christian. We're called to walk with God. But you don't have to be a preacher. Some of us be called to preach. All of us be called us to preach in some way. All of us have a call in our life to demonstrate to the world around us, walking in a, such a way that people will say, there's something different. There's something they have. And so what Paul is saying, keep going forward. He, I'm back and now backtracking on these verses. He mentioned a couple of people. He, he mentioned in verse 7, uh, as you learned it from Epaphras, we don't know a lot about him, but he was, he was a person of leadership, a beloved fellow bond servant. Uh, notice who is a faithful servant of Christ. God is going to reward faithfulness. God will reward the faithful. And he also informed us of your love in the spirit. So Epaphras was a messenger to Paul. He has also informed us of your love in the spirit. Nothing can compare to God's love to a person versus simple, you know, this uh, sloppy jalopy love that's in our world, if I could use that terminology. Nothing can compare to the love of God Loving people, genuinely loving people, genuinely treating them with respect because of the love of God in our hearts. And so verse 9, he calls encouraging 
Since the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a mouthful. What is Paul saying? We're not... We are concerned that you... You were saved, but now that you're gonna, now that you're saved, now we're concerned that you press on, keep living it, keep walking. It's not enough to be filled with the Spirit one day, yesterday, or the day before. We need to be filled with the Spirit every day, and every day we can be filled, renewed with the Spirit. How many know when you get up in the morning, you maybe need a little encouragement at times? Do you kind of get yourself going? Kind of get your thoughts on the Lord? Kind of begin spending your, your morning exercising your thoughts on the Lord? Some days you may have more on your plate than others. God knows, the, knows what's on your heart. He knows what's in your circumstances. You start with the Lord. And the good news is you take the Lord with you. You take the Lord with you. And your place where you work can become a better place. Do you believe that? That you bring the blessing of the Lord into your workplace. It happened in Joseph's life, who he was sold into this, you know, Potiphar's house thing, and he was serving, and he was, the things were being blessed. Because God's blessing was on his life. But it's to help people realize God is true. God is who he is. I believe God honors people that give, even though they may not necessarily be living for the Lord. If they give, they'll still be blessed. Because God honors his word. But it's in God's heart that people learn that he wants us he wants people to come to him, no strings attached, nothing. Everything is laid out. It's all yours, Lord, and I'm in your hands to do what you desire. And so in that conversation with that fellow I was on the job with, I had felt led to say something. He was referring to his lifestyle earlier. He said, I used to really have a temper. He, he you know, he... He would do some things that he wasn't proud of. You know what I said? I felt the Lord say, say this, not how you start, it's how you finish. Wow, I think he received that. I think he was thinking on that. Listen, every one of us, the enemy would want to dig up our past to condemn us, to make us discouraged. But we're going forward. Yesterday's gone. Paul said in another place in Philippians, I press on. I press toward the mark. I'm not there yet, but I forget the things that lie behind. I'm going to press on. In Philippians 1, 6, we read, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's good news for you and I. That's good news for your kids. That's good news for your grandkids. 
if they've started with the Lord, what he's saying is God is able to keep them. God is able to help them. God is able to keep them in the righteous path, or even though they stray. What a world we live in. I can't imagine. We need to pray for our youth. We need to pray for our kids in school. We need to pray for our college students. They're facing a lot of things that truth is not truth. And we need to pray that they'll have discernment by the help of the Holy Spirit and they will have a backbone to... No, that's not true. And they'll be able to weed it out. They'll be able to see what is truth and what's not true. Pray for youth. Name their names. Approach the throne of God with their hearts on your heart. I know we get through this chapter. It's a wonderful portion of Scripture. It talks about, we've talked a little bit about what God is desiring for us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, to be filled, to keep going on, to keep growing, not to just have head knowledge, but to have a heart Understand to take the knowledge that we learn and apply it to our hearts that we will be strengthened with power. Strengthened with the power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Every time I read that patience, there we go. That's a good one, isn't it? Am I patient when the traffic's not moving? And I want to be somewhere. It's not very fun, is it? Or you're in a building project and the materials aren't showing up. They're on delay. How do I react? Or I'm on the way to a job and the truck won't go over 25 miles an hour because there's an, there's an issue. Something's going on. I was tested this week. I'll, I'll share. You get, you're, you've been hearing about my truck issues. But I was really tested when it stalled at County Road 11 and 6 right at the intersection. Right in the right lane. I was not on the highway. I sort of was going to try to chug a lug it to the the place in Crosby to get it fixed. I was 25 miles an hour tops in the chug-a-lugga, and I knew if I stopped and it died, I won't get it started. Sure enough, there's a semi coming from the north. So I had no choice to get her stopped. Carries behind me with the lights flashing. And, uh, <laughs> great. I just sat there. Okay. I'm not dying. I better open the hood. People were giving me the look, like, what are you sitting there for? It's like, well, that Carrie called the place, and they're coming with a, a truck to pull me off the road. I don't know what it is. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. I could have been right in the middle. There's always going to be worse. But the Lord helped us. We were able to get it pulled out of the way, and that's, that's in the shop. I don't have to worry about it from right now. 
It's just a little thing. But so many little things in this life test our patience. They test our faith. They test us because you've been praying and praying and nothing's happening, nothing's changing. God, are you here? What is God saying to you and I? I will bless the faithful. I will bless those who persevere. I will bless those. There is a reward that awaits for those who went to a faraway place or they went across the countryside to talk to a a neighbor and try to make an attempt to invite them to Jesus. And maybe it never went the way they thought it was going to go, hoped the way it was going to go, and a little discouragement can set in. And the enemy can say, well, you, whatever you're doing, it's not working. And he can bring all kinds of things. But we've got to rise up with the help of the Lord and say, no, if God is doing something, the thing he has started, he's going to finish. We've had relatives that we maybe have prayed for years and years and years. We're hoping for the day to reveal that something will change. It will be worth it to see people in heaven whom we prayed for and helped encourage along the way. So, continuing on, we start by walking with God, but our walk needs to be a continuous thing. Not that we walked with him yesterday. We knew him yesterday, but we need to know him today. We need to have fresh oil today. We need to have him breathe into our sail to set sail across this life today. What is it that may be happening in the spirit realm? If we're not in tune with him, we may miss it. God will help us. Continuing on. When I first started in ministry, I wasn't sure if I, sh- I should go to Palisade because that was, you know, Palisade was, pal- oh my, Palisade was always a struggling place. But my pastor called me and said, would you, be cons- would you consider, we were just out of, high- out of graduation, out of Bible school, would you consider being our youth pastor and being the pastor at Palisade? And I said, well, I better pray about it. And tell you the truth, I wasn't that excited until we tried out. We- Went there, and actually we, we didn't try out, we just filled in. Well, we filled in for nine years. We never had a vote, we never had anybody, you know, just, just kind of like, just stay, just keep, stay here. And so one of the, I felt there was 10 or 12 people that were hanging on. The district had approached them to, to close it because, you know, it was just never going anywhere. It reached a stage where it needed, it needed encouragement. And so we came there. I loved the place. I loved the people. Fell in love with the community. Um, I remember my, one of my first messages. I think it was it was right out of Second uh, Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians rather, fifteen verse fifty-eight. You probably really remember this. It says, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord." So here's those people that have been, you know, this church started in 1959, the, the year I was born, and it's still going today. Since I left, other pastors 
came and you know come and went, and then now they have a new building and they're they're continuing on. And I say, how does that happen? The Lord loves His church. The, lo- the Lord loves small communities, large communities, wherever it may be. He sees a people wherever two or three are gathered in His name. He is there. He shows up. The King of Kings on his throne, comes by the Holy Spirit to dwell with us. What a privilege, what a, what a wonderful hope. The world don't have that. The world don't have that, but they're hungry for it. And they don't even know. Because when I was visiting with my friend, he said, I like, I like to go to the bar because that's where my friends were. That's where we could visit. And I would dare say most many people that are in the bars, they're loaded in our community. They're loaded. They're there not just for the drink. They're there for the fellowship. We got, we need, I need to be careful with my attitude. Drinking's not for me. I don't believe it's the scriptures that don't get drunk, that's, that's another subject. There are people that would break if they knew God loved them in spite of their problems. In spite of their addiction, they would, they would break inside. And that's what God exactly, that's what he wants to happen. And then they can get, if they could get help, it doesn't always work. Teen Challenge is doing a great job. We are so thankful that there are so, so many people that still struggle. They fall back. That's where we need our, your prayers. The enemy wants to keep dragging backwards the believer. The enemy wants to come and to steal, to kill, and destroy. In the church, we have our work cut out for us. To love people. To be willing to sit with them. To be willing to say hello, even though they may may not be the person that you you necessarily would associate with. You just never know. You never know. Well, quick story and I'll, I'll quit, but while we were in Palisade, there was a young man who was my, his mother called me. He said he was, he was really angry. He's in the bar. Could you go and talk to him? I'm a green pastor. You know, it's, it's hard for any pastor, even seasoned or not. So I, I got the boldness up, and I went in there, and I had my black leather jacket on, which was kind of my favorite jacket. He turned and looked at me, and he thought, whoa, you're a policeman. He, he, didn't, he didn't say that to me right away, but after when he sobered, I thought you were a policeman. And so I said, Rick, come on. Can we talk? Can we maybe, you know, just talk what's going on? And he, he just we kind of went outside, and we just, you know, I was in the bar for a while, but then we went outside. It was too noisy. So we went out and we talked. Through the years, he attended the church. He comes in and out. He had other brothers. They were kind of in and out. Then there was another person involved in the community that had a similar addiction. And he came to the church. 
give his heart to the Lord, and then he, he was looking for work, so I had him work for me. And um, as a result, his, his family, his young people, his children, some of them came to Sunday school for a time, only for a short season. But later on in life, he learned that one of his kids is going on serving the Lord yet. So you just never know your, your impartation, your invitation, or your, your encouragement, what might come about with it. Never give up. Never give up on planting a seed that God can cause to grow. So we're going to sing this song we did last Sunday that uh, Emily had introduced it to us back a few, a few weeks ago. But I call it, we call it the blessing. It's called the blessing. It's right out of Scripture that the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, and as we're singing through this, it gets into the, this couple of uh, phrases that talks about may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. So we start to sing that. I want you to begin to think about maybe your kids, maybe their kids, and their kids. You think of oh, the Lord's favor. Because you, you and I serve the Lord here now in this season of life. You never know how that's going to impact your family down the years, down the road. Amen. I believe that. Let's sing it, if you will, together. Lord bless you.